Hi everybody and welcome to another episode of the Oz to Me Nurse Project. In this short episode this week we're doing a bit of a heartfelt interview with another colleague of mine to give you some perspective on what stomal therapy or living with a stoma looks like for people in other countries, not just Australia. So this is an interview that is quite close to me professionally and I hope you enjoy it. Um, and at the end of it all, I want to guide you guys towards any uh, charitable organizations or groups that are willing to take unused or returned stomal therapy stock or products or appliances because they certainly can get used for the benefit of other people that don't have access to them. So sit down, everybody, and enjoy. The Ostomy Nurse Project. So in this episode today, I have got a work colleague with me. His name is John. Welcome, John. And we are going to be having a chat today because John comes from a very different background to I do. John is a nurse and he spends a day or so a month learning all there is to know about stomal therapy and wound care management. So the interesting thing is that John is originally from the Philippines and so he's got some really great insight into management of stomal and his experience uh, with his patients that he saw back home compared to patients that he sees whilst working on an acute surgical ward here in Victoria. So welcome, John. Yeah, thanks. So first of all, tell us a little bit about where you are originally from. You're obviously from the Philippines, but where in the Philippines? Oh, well, I originally uh, worked in Manila. Yes. um, The centre of the Philippines. Sure. So there's a lot of people really Uh Um, I worked in an emergency room uh, and I saw a lot of people patients coming in and probably a couple of patients with stoma existing stomas existing and so in the emergency tell me a little bit about the emergency department over there you said Manila itself is quite busy what was the emergency department like over there well it depends on what we're looking at if we're looking at the public system yeah hospital public system it looks like a ward really many people stays there because the wards cannot accommodate them so we can see a patient for a day two in an emergency room Mm -hmm. which is not the ideal place to be Mm. so some patients can actually stay in emergency for several days yes for a week or so and so that was is that where your first experience of stomas was in an emergency department yes okay most, most of the stoma patients that I uh, encountered are independent with it, mm-hmm. but they have their own system with them. Right. And so that's where we start talking about pouching systems and appliances. Yeah. And so that, I imagine, would be significantly different to what you see over here working in Australia. Yeah. To be honest, when I saw the cupboard the first time, I was startled because I thought there's just one bag to be placed. But, it's actually many. Yeah, there's many lots different of, cedar and everything. That's right. So lots of different shapes yeah. and sizes and yeah. very modern yeah, appliances. That's right. What speaking of that, what sort of appliances did you see working back home? What did people use over there? Oh, uh, what they use are just makeshift bags, usually a plastic bag and a rubber band just to hold it in. Sometimes they have tape or, okay. but mostly they're rubber bands. And just. Plastic bands with with elastic to hold it all in place. Yes. And were they were they disposable? Would they just put a new plastic bag on afterwards, or sometimes they would have to make those plastic bags last? Um, they would have to make those 
sometimes I saw a patient just wash the plastic bag. So yeah. And that was their system and that's, that's how it. they coped. That's it. So tell me a little bit in the sense of do they have access to other types of pouches over there or is that the only ostomy appliances that they have? That's I think for the first few weeks after the surgery they would have some supplies. Okay. Provided by the government. Sure. But then when they the time they need to uh, pay for it, they won't do that anymore. It's uh, it costs a lot okay. from their pockets. And, and so they just find whatever yeah, they can and yeah, they, exactly. they go home and they adapt that system themselves. Yes. Is that quite a common theme? Is there quite a poor uh, population uh, yeah. in the Philippines that live that way? Yeah, that's a common thing. Okay. Primarily because uh, unlike here in Australia where we have stoma nurses that could guide the patients to this uh, challenging situations, uh, we don't have it back home. It's not a popular career okay. back home. And so in terms of... Um, so over here in Australia, we've obviously got stomal therapy nurses yep. who go on and do further education yep. to give special education in that area. Yep. Who does the education in the hospital in the Philippines? Just the doctor. Do the nurses take on any care for the patient? As far as I know, we can change the bag, teach them how to adapt with that. But that's all. As I said, when I came here, I just thought there's just one type of bag. That's and is that one type of bag the only bag that's available in that hospital? Probably, yeah. Mm. It's more mostly donations by other patients or rich people. Okay, so that you do receive donations yeah, over there. Yeah. Um, so either unused supplies or charity donations yeah. from other countries. Yes. Okay, yeah. fantastic. So that is available. Yeah. How long have you been working here in Australia for now? Oh, this is my third year. Third year. Yeah, okay. Third. And so what made you show an interest in the area of stomal therapy? Because it's very intriguing. There, there's a lot of appliance that I could use. And uh, I don't want to be um, a burden to my colleagues as well. Just because I came from another country and I don't know this stuff. I just want to learn this stuff and be an asset or something. And so do you think that that's something that you'll continue to work on in the future and, and um, hopefully get more into stomal therapy, expand your role as a nurse? Uh, yes, definitely, especially after encountering challenges sure. along the way. and I'm having fun with it, yeah. It is a bit of a fun discipline, I guess, yeah. and being able to do lots of experimentation with different appliances yeah. and seeing what works yeah. and it's a little bit different to the traditional nursing uh, where a lot of it's yeah. sterile and a lot of it's documentation mm. and, and things like that so that's really good that you're showing an interest in it yeah. one of the things you've probably noticed here in Australia is that we have a very uh, fortunate Medicare scheme where patients get their supplies subsidized if they pay a membership fee to an ostomy association. So our government is very proactive in ensuring that people with a stoma have access to the supplies that they need. And you've highlighted a bit that that sort of system doesn't exist back home in the Philippines. When you look at access to appliances back home, is there any sort of government scheme or government initiative at all that looks at stoma appliances back home in the Philippines? To be honest, there's none regarding appliance. I didn't know that there's an appliance before. When you were first working back in the emergency departments and you were seeing people with stomas, was it completely random what, they, what you would find them wearing? 
Yes, completely random. Sure. It's something that they got from their houses to recycle. Or... If you were, if these appliances were available, were they only available in the private hospitals or were they available in both public and private? Was there any sort of promotion as to how to get the more expensive bags? Actually, there's no promotion. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think the, the government can provide uh, something that you could use after the surgery. More than that, you have to buy your own. And where do you buy these appliances from? Medical supplies. There's heaps of medical supply shops back home that you could go and buy them. Okay. But and they're still very expensive. Um, and we couldn't probably specify how much these bags cost because it, it would vary between, the, you know, how brands, long you've been yeah. working and the brands and that sort of thing. Yeah. But in general, so you can get them from a medical supply store. Yeah. A pharmacist or that similar style um, shop? And just... Just a medical supply. Just a medical store. supply yeah. shop. Okay, it's and not, it's not available in the pharmacies or mm-hmm. any other shops. Okay, so it's the, ultimately the doctor that decides what type of uh, appliance the patient wears. Yes, and do I'm assuming that they that the doctor is responsible for teaching them about cutting the right size, looking after their skin around the stoma, or is that? something that doesn't necessarily get educated on as much as it does over here. That's not really educated as far as I know Mm -hmm. because they don't know really how to care for it. Just thinking about uh, people putting rubber bands around it, I think the circulation's not properly. uh, So uh, so really in terms of looking after the peristomal skin is not something that's really educated on back there. So there would be a lot of skin problems over there. Yeah, so most of these patients don't go back to the life they used to be. So after they have these types of surgery, they retire just because they see themselves as a failure or something. Right. Or because of depression. So it really affects their lives. Yeah, And they they stop doing their previous activities. Yes, exactly. Okay. Because there's no secure seal with, for lack of a bit of a term, a a plastic bag and a rubber band, I guess that things like gas and odour... Yeah. Um, would be a really big problem yeah, for yeah, these people. Yeah, it's very stinky, really, when you come across them. Yeah. And that would make them very socially isolated. Yeah, some of them really lose their minds, really. You can see them across the streets, or some of them have become homeless because of it. Really? Yeah. Do you think as their choice to leave their homes or that they're shunned from society because uh, of their appearance and, and the smell? I think it affects their psyche, in sure. a way. yeah. And then become um, different and aloof for everyone. And if it affects them um, psychologically, because we know that these types of surgeries can have a massive effect on people's emotional well-being Mm. and their psychological well-being, is there any sort of um, mental or emotional or spiritual support for people in the hospital that have these operations done? Or is it purely mechanics about putting a bag on and then discharging from the hospital? It's purely mechanics, sure. really, because um, for us nurses, we are we are overloaded with work back home. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a ward, uh, if a ward nurse could look after 10 patients... In, in, morning, in one shift? In morning shift. That's a morning. That's so, a lucky day. Oh, that's lucky. <laughs> that's a lucky day. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It can go up to 30 if you're 
Sure. And so you're busy trying to coordinate all of these patients and yeah. their physical care, yeah. but not necessarily be able to to yeah. cope with that workload and, and focus on their emotional yeah. well-being. Yeah, the like main that. support really comes from the family of the patients. And the families probably don't know how to support that yes, person either. exactly. So I imagine the families would probably get taught how to do the bags in some aspects as well yeah, if yeah. they had to do it for the person. Yeah. But then, as we said, with, with these types of makeshift appliances, that would create a heavy burden on the family yeah. as well. I was reading actually an article mm-hmm. um, and it says that most of this patient uh, become victims of prolapse, wow. irritations, just because they don't use the proper equipment. And I guess in the sense of using um, elastic bands, yeah. for instance, to secure those appliances, there would be an awful lot of pressure and skin injury sustained just from that alone. Yeah from them pulling it too tight or from the obviously the, the skin damage caused by leaks yeah. um, and things like that. The surgical complications like prolapse and hernia and things like that would potentially also um, be a big issue over there. Yes, I it's imagine. also a big issue. Yeah. And without having proper supplies yeah. to, to manage that. And, and the problem with Filipinos, mm-hmm. if we have these problems, we don't really direct it to the doctor. Really? Yeah. You just stay quiet and try and deal with it yourself? Yeah, as long as you can live with it, that's fine. (laughs) But I guess living with it is not necessarily a a good quality of living with it. No, that's not a good quality. Overall, what's your overall impression with uh, stomal therapy and stomas over here in Australia? What's your experience with how they are created over here? Well, uh, our country is way behind on um, support support with these patients mm-hmm. as i said before coming here i didn't know that there's a lots of appliances that we could use to help these people mm-hmm. and um it's very interesting to learn that we can do many things with this appliance to help the patient to cope and have a normal life mm-hmm. as much as we can i thought that it's a dead end for a patient who has that i didn't know that um it could be reversed Oh, okay. So most yeah. of the stomas in the Philippines are permanent? Because they don't come back to the doctor anymore. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Wow. So that's... And I guess not even being offered that option yeah. to reverse, they just resign themselves to think that that's, that's, that's it forever. Final. Yeah, that's, fi- that's a final thing. Obviously, too, going back for another surgery would be quite expensive for some people, too, yeah. if they have to pay for surgery. Yeah. Definitely. So being over here and working in Australia... Do you remember seeing your first stoma? Oh, yeah. It's fascinating how from that experience, mm-hmm. I'm doing this now. And so I'm so, I'm so proud that I learned this stuff here. Uh-huh. Did you ever think that this is where you would be? No. no. I didn't, no. <laughs> Nobody ever does. <laughs> no, I didn't think that I was going to do this. Mm-hmm. Because primarily I want to be an emergency nurse. But then I fell in love with stoma therapy. Same story as me. I always wanted to be an emergency nurse, and here I am. So in terms of the appliances that we use here in the hospital, what do you like about the appliances that you see here? There are lots of stuff that we could use to prevent uh, skin irritations, Mm -hmm. prolapse, Mm -hmm. and all of that. Skin barriers, I never know that it existed. Seals that we could use like a a plumber. Yes. (laughs) We are the plumbers of the medical world, really. 
Oh, that's good. So having a wide range of um, products and accessories is important because, yeah. as you probably know, every single person or every single patient is different. Very different. Yes, very different. Having that that range to choose from to see if that suits that particular person is obviously something that's really important. Yeah. As opposed to one bag is expected to fit everybody. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah, that's that's very amazing that I learned this mm-hmm. stuff. And so the uh, the product companies obviously being very different, do they support you in your needs as well? Do you find that the product reps and the people who you speak to at the companies are very friendly and that they're willing to help you and give you guidance and education? Yeah, they're very helpful. Every time I call, it's an easy answer for them. I'm imagining they don't have anything like that in the Philippines. Yes. If, if they do have product companies there wouldn't be somebody at the other end of the phone that you could just pick up and ask questions about it oh uh, that i don't know because mm. i didn't i didn't really call them of course yeah but then uh usually this information we all get from the uh where we buy it or the doctor and that would be fairly limited information yeah. as well yeah on, on much, yeah. what to use so good okay and so Starting to wind up uh, your experience with the Ostomy Associations, obviously you know that when a patient has a new stoma, we assist them to do their paperwork to set up their membership to an Ostomy Association. So for those of you who are listening overseas, if you haven't heard the other podcasts here in Australia, you obtain your ostomy supplies through a volunteer-run association with whom you pay a membership fee or an access fee to the stoma appliance scheme and your products are distributed to you and then subsidized by Medicare. So here where we work, John, um, we have a stoma association that's very close to our hospital. It's about six or seven minutes down the road. So we're quite fortunate. We can go there and we can talk to the volunteers regularly that uh, run that organization and that support the distribution of supplies to patients. Yeah. You've been down there. Yes. What's your experience with meeting those people? They're very helpful. They're very, very helpful. Um, that when the time I covered, I, I was always there asking questions sure. and they're very helpful to me and I don't have any complaints with them. Uh, and like in our country where I was surprised with that really because they just give you the stuff without any compensation of course uh, well they do but it's behind the scenes oh yeah they do it all through yeah, medicare, medicare yeah. <laughs> and um because back home if it's called an association usually the members are the doctors in the medical field right yes yeah. of course it would yeah. be like that yeah, so. so and so there's no associations or, or support groups over in the philippines for, for this because for this. yeah because there are limited numbers of patients mm-hmm. if there are just because, as I said, um, Filipinos have this uh, mentality of... Don't talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very private thing. Yeah, so, yeah. So was that a surprise to you when you came here and you saw these groups of people that were supporting one another and, and helping yeah. each other? Yes, I'm very surprised, really. Mm-hmm. And um, this is this shows how friendly Australians are. I'm very... Uh, very very happy for that Mm -hmm. and willing to share their experiences and support people who are perhaps new to having a stoma or even their friends and family um, who have questions or who have concerns there's always uh, some sort of support available through the ostomy associations because often the ostomy associations are run by people who either 
have a stoma themselves or are connected in some way to somebody that has a stoma. So that's really good too. I'm so amazed with that, really. Mm -hmm. Well, that's pretty much all I wanted to ask you today, John. Thank you so much for joining in on this conversation about stomas. No um, we look forward to seeing you and your bright future in the stomal therapy field. Yeah. And for anybody out there who's listening to future podcasts, if you happen to be fortunate enough to come across John in the workplace, you'll be looked after by a very caring and well-experienced nurse who can look after stomas and who has wonderful experience from uh, learning from back home in the Philippines about what's different back home and what's new over here and the technology that we have and the resources that are available to people over here with stomas in Australia. So thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. (laughs) You're welcome. Well, that was pretty much it for our interview today, everybody. Thank you for bearing with the sound quality. It was a difficult room to do an interview in, but I appreciate you guys sticking with it and listening to the really good information that's provided. As I mentioned at the start of the podcast, there are a few projects ongoing in Australia where uh, donated ostomy supplies can be given to developing countries. Just one of many of those is the Australia Fund, which was started by the Australian Council of Stoma Associations, or AXA. Um, They have a few funds on the go where they will take donated supplies for people in developing countries who do not have access to or cannot afford um, ostomy supplies. If you would like more information on that, you can go to the uh, AXA website and you can find information on the Australia Fund at uh, www.australianstoma.com.au forward slash the Australia Fund. They have partnered organisations as well across the world. One of those is Friend of Ostomates Worldwide, which is a USA-funded organisation, um, and they are also non-profit and they collect donated ostomy supplies from individuals, and that is USA-based. So if you are listening from the United States, that's a point of contact for you if you are looking to donate some unused uh, ostomy supplies. Back in Australia, there's also a project that does donate uh, ostomy supplies to the country of Tonga. For those of you who are not familiar, Tonga is a country that is pretty much south of Samoa and about two-thirds to three-quarters of the way um, on to Hawaii if you were travelling from New Zealand. So it is a South Pacific island and they have had a project uh, with Australia for several years now where donated ostomy supplies are shipped over to the uh, hospital over there in Tonga for use on patients who do not have access to stoma supplies. So that's another project. If you are inquiring about how to donate supplies to Tonga, you can jump on Google and look up the Tonga Twinning Project Uh, through Ballarat Health or Rotary of Ballarat and you can find the information there. And then the final website that I want to talk to you about is a UK-based website, which is Stoma Aid, which is found through colostomyuk.org. On the website droppoint.org forward slash Stoma Aid, there's a really good site for people in the UK who can donate unused stoma supplies and equipment. They've actually also got a list of accepted items that they will accept and how to donate and how to post. So if you're listening from the UK, jump on to the Stoma Aid website, um, get in touch with their droppoint.org link and that will take you to where you can donate any unused stoma supplies to the UK. All right, everybody, thanks again for listening this week. Take care and I will speak to you next week when we bring you another episode of the Ostomy Nurse Project coming to you from down under, just like where your stoma is. Take care. Bye.